1: on today's show. Well, we take a look back at another Hornets game, this one out in Phoenix. It went well for a little while and then the fourth quarter happened.
0: And I have double breakfast, plus we look ahead at the Hornets game Saturday against the Denver Duggets.
1: And don't worry, we're all going to be okay because we talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on, Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on, Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome into Locked on Hornets on this Friday. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day. And regardless of whether the news is good or not, we are here whenever you need us. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend here to help me break down another disappointing loss is David Walker. Friday,
1: Doug, so...
0: It's not enough. Not enough today. (laughs) Not enough today, David. Not after the Hornets dropped this one to the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix 120-103. Plenty to talk about in terms of getting down into the weeds about this game, but first I have to tell you, David, that uh, producer Katie uh, did not make it through the entire game, fell asleep at about halftime, came downstairs this morning. She did not even have to ask me what the final result was she knew do you know how she knew
1: because she's been watching this team the whole year no Uh,
0: okay (laughs) no because in one hand i had a half-eaten breakfast bar and right beside me on the couch was the wrapper of another breakfast bar i went double
1: breakfast oh doug oh no
0: that's where we are right now that's where that's where i am with with this season
1: you just given that
0: double breakfast that's how you know when something bad has happened to the hornets is when you wake up to find me indulging
1: with bar wrappers
0: and by the way two different kinds one was just like a a, a protein bar kind of thing but the other sure. one was like a crumb cake which it ha- it has no business being in the breakfast aisle it is it is a so straight had, dessert yeah, candy bars. Yes <laughs> do what you got to do. I might as well have you just you had just... two snickers.
1: <laughs> you do what you got to do these These are tough times,
0: yeah, uh okay. We are part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day head over to iTunes search locked on and find podcast on the n f l the n b a golf fantasy sports it's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. The locked on podcast network your team every day, okay, as I said, the hornets dropped this one one twenty to one oh three in Phoenix. Uh, I just want to read through. This is funny, too. I want to read through my tabs right now that I have open. So first of all, this tweet that I tweeted this morning, the Hornets season, a play in three acts. These were the top stories on Google, as provided to me. Uh, From the Observer, has red-hot weirdo Frank Kaminsky finally turned the corner for the Charlotte Hornets? Second story, from At the Hive, let Frank Kaminsky cook from the great uh, Steve Bob Forrest, who is a friend of this show and, and a great writer. Go read that article anyway. But then the final story, Hornets Frank Kaminsky heads to locker room Thursday.
1: There it is. It's just insane. We just got done listing all the things we loved about February, and and basically it was all about Frank. Yeah, the first four
0: things were Frank Kaminsky. First,
1: <laughs> the first, you know the, the first game of March, uh, all that goes in the crapper. So whatever.
0: Man. Um, but but seriously, so Kaminsky gets the start. Zeller still on a minutes restriction, but. It felt like in in the pregame comments that I heard from Steve Clifford before this game, I thought it was a little ambiguous. He was leaving the door open somewhat to continuing to start Frank Kaminsky uh, because of how well he's played. I thought it was very savvy – by Clifford and Frank Kaminsky saying pregame that he felt more free playing the five kind of backing up a little bit of what we talked about uh, on yesterday's show that he has to think a little more offensively he gets to have a roll game he gets to do the pick and pop he doesn't just stand there at the three-point line and wait for the ball to be delivered to him he was feeling much better about his game but of course uh, fourth quarter he goes down with a shoulder injury Allen Williams checked him uh, with his chest and You know, no real word at this point other than he had that shoulder wrapped up and they were being very tender with that arm as they uh, uh, removed him from the court. So, I mean, again, no way to know exactly what that injury was, but it looks more serious than like a stinger or something like that. I mean, he did not return to the game. Um, David, it was a pretty devastating blow to the Hornets. I felt like the game was over right then because you could see sort of the energy sucked out of the Hornets.
1: Well, there was little to no energy in that building, at least from where I was watching uh, for most of the game. And, you know, not that that had anything to do with how the Hornets played, but it was just a weird thing I noticed. And you immediately thought separation with Frank. I mean, to me, he was he was in a lot of pain now. I also thought, you know, Frank has not always exhibited the highest tolerance for pain. So, uh, maybe he'll come out of this uh, okay on the other side. But you certainly feel like he'll probably, you know, sit the last game of this road trip and maybe make it back to Charlotte. But you just have to hope for the Hornets and him that he comes back. Because he's been so big for him lately, like we talked about. But, yeah, that did not look good, Doug. Uh, just one of those is just not a good collision Um most collisions are not but this one was just funky and and he went down immediately and and did not get up i mean you know it was it was not did not have any intention of getting up
0: All right, so let's talk about this game just uh, overall. It was – the Hornets had no problem offensively scoring 103 points. Kimball Walker scored 26 on 10 of 24 shooting. Frank Kaminsky, before going down with that injury, shot 50% from the field, had 16 points. Marvin Williams, who was the absolute MVP of the first quarter, dropping 19 uh, and adding four rebounds as well. And he was hitting – he hit all three of his three-pointers, so he was getting back into a groove but the story in this one, it, two things, uh, or really three things, defense throughout the game by both units, and then turnovers late, and then get it, the Hornets getting absolutely no offense from their bench unit, David. Those to me are the three oh. big reasons why they lost this game
1: yeah um so 60 fast break points i think was the number which is not good um a lot of those were late uh as we mentioned yesterday Suns second in the league <clears throat> and fast break points maybe first now with that output but um no no that's not right is it it's 29 what was the number i gave you Doug? come on
0: what for fast break points yeah yeah 29 60 points in the okay. paint
1: 60 points in the paint right that was the other that was the other point that we were going to watch out for so uh, neither one, I'm good for the Hornets. And, you know, it, when Brian Roberts in the second unit comes in, I mean, Kimball Walker went out in the first quarter, and they didn't get another field goal until Frank hit a, nut, hit a little layup about uh, with 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. It's just like when Kimball goes out after these initial pushes to start the game, there is just no flow. There is no offensive movement. There is no... Uh, you know, no organization of any kind. It just seems like it sucks the life out of whatever the Hornets are doing at that time. It's it's a major blow to a team like this that's trying to get something established and going. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that, that that goes into the whole rest of the game, Doug, and explains them for not playing any defense whatsoever. But, it, it, I mean, it just changes the game a lot. And you can see as soon as Kemba come back, comes back in, he gets three buckets right off the bat. Um, You can see the difference with him playing with Cody. I mean, the screens that Cody says for Kimba really make a difference. You got two easy buckets, and then you got another uh, three-pointer off a screen from Cody. So you can see why they want to get Cody back in there playing with him. But uh, it's just, you know, Kimba had another great game. But if the bench gives you nothing, absolutely nothing, and speaking of benches, the Suns went with theirs late in the game <laughs> to seal it up. Well, listen, like, they're trying. They're
0: trying to. They're trying to. I, they're, I mean, they want to give some hope for their fans and get their young guys involved. But ultimately, losing helps them. I think that well, Earl Watson would have thrown out the janitorial team if he could have. I mean, he was throwing out third units. And, and the pro- so David, the problem is like I can look at you know Nick Batum another a second straight. A uh, bad shooting night, 3 of 15 from the field, 12 points for Nick Batum. His shooting is has, has, has fallen through the floor. And as you said, the bench, I mean, you only get two points from Brian Roberts. He was 0 of 3 from the field. Jeremy Lamb has suddenly disappeared, only four points for him. He, he really can't even get the ball and get anything going, uh, much less, you know, um, be an impact on this game. So, yeah, I can point to those things. But ultimately, you got 26 from Walker, you got 16 from Kaminsky, you got 19 from Marvin. You, they could have won this game, but it all came down in my mind to defense where they let Devin Booker uh, get nine assists, Bledsoe seven assists. They let the ball move freely. They they were not able to get back into transition and, and communicate. I mean, th- to me, the big turning point in this game was – about, what, 8.35 to go in the third quarter. Frank Kaminsky guarding Alex Lynn. We knew that was going to be a problem matchup because of Alex Lynn's size and strength. And he absolutely beasted Frank and, and dunked all over him. And so you had that physical matchup. But then they... Come back two possessions later and don't communicate at all in transition. Batum telling MKG to to uh, fly out to Devin Booker and and but then not picking up Chris. Like you, if you're gonna call out and tell tell MKG uh, to go to the corner, then you have to guard the, the guy that's that's cutting through the lane. Like there's just there's no. There's not enough communication. There's not the right communication. It's uh, small little mistakes like this uh, that led to a Marquise Chris three pointer, and uh, and that put the that put the Suns up ten at that point. And uh, it, it was just a, a bad run for for the Hornets defensively, and, and it happened all game. I mean, penetration. It was something that Steve Clifford pointed out at the end of this game. It was a big deal for the Suns. Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker. Uh, All these these players were able, and especially, how about Tyler Eulis? How about his impact on the game, David?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. He He was able to do
0: whatever he wanted to against Brian Roberts, get into the lane at will.
1: And do stuff to Brian Roberts. I mean, Roberts just couldn't get anything going. Uh, His first possession, I think he got bodied by, I think it was Eulis, dribbled, like, I don't know, off of his torso and went out about i mean it was just a disaster from the beginning but defense was of course the main key as you mentioned it was just a pitiful uh, performance they i mean honestly they have no business losing a game like that and clifford was seemed shocked uh, you know at the end of the game just did not see that coming after playing some pretty good games on the road and it's just demoralizing at this point i mean you're trying to fight off the the, the Palooza. um but, it, I mean, it's tough, Doug. You know, you look at these games, and every time they're trying to make up a little ground, they slide back, and it's just they're running out of time to do anything positive.
0: Yeah, Clifford told his players after the game, quote, I did not see this coming, mentioned uh, a lack of effort, energy, and purpose of play as well. And listen, certainly, I understand that they've been on the road for, for a while, but mm-hmm. they and they're playing every other day. I get that. But your season's on the line.
1: I mean, yeah, you can't, if you're not you going to play now. What's your? What do you? You're, you're done. I mean, that's it.
0: Right. And, and and it felt like the Hornets were done at the end of that game.
1: It certainly looked like it. I mean,
0: and you know, and, and I think that goes back to the bench as well. I mean, when you're getting nothing, that's why I'm torn. I mean, obviously they needed this one. Obviously they made some mistakes in the first half, but they were in this game even into the third quarter after that run that I mentioned where Chris. Uh, hits the three, they go on like a 12-0 run. I mean, the Hornets were able to use their three-point shooting. Marvin Williams, Frank Kaminsky, Kimball Walker, Nick Batum all hit three-pointers at the end of that third quarter to pull it close. You're in position, okay? You're in position. you got to get up in the fourth quarter and, and and play this team tough because your season yeah. is on the line.
1: That's what's most what frustrating. It wasn't a blowout. I mean, it was, uh, what, a three-point game? um going into the fourth quarter you know the same margin as halftime so you're right they're in the game and they had several chances to take the lead i think it was late in the third but the fourth just another complete collapse and like we said against you know majority of second unit guys for the phoenix sun so you have to start to wonder i mean what is this team really able to accomplish right now because they are who they are they're clearly not going to add anybody of significance um they may be forced to play some of these guys we haven't seen much of yet so we'll see how that goes but look it's it's Kemba Walker all or nothing and the book may have been written on this team when when you know when it was formed i mean looking back the the bench just has not done enough uh, throughout this course of the season not to mention guys that haven't stepped up consistently so
0: i mean listen you the hornets focused their efforts on bringing back Marvin Williams and Nick Batum Marvin Williams, to his credit, the la- I mean, I have to be fair. I mean, the last four games, four or five games, he's played really well. He's played up to that level that they expected him to play from game one. But, you know, before those four games, not getting what they needed from Marvin Williams. And then now, you know, Nick Batum has been, uh, you know, inconsistent all season. And they they went after those two guys. They wanted to get those two guys And the the result of that is that they lost uh, the the soul of their bench. You know, Courtney Lee, Jeremy Lin, Al Jefferson. Uh, It's what, you know, so many times last season, we discussed how having Jefferson, having Lin off the bench was such a, a matchup nightmare for some teams. It provided the Hornets an advantage and when you don't have a team with superstars, you have to find those sneaky secret advantages. And the Hornets had had one or two last season. They've had none this season other than other than Kimball Walker playing out of his mind. And he did so in this game. I mean, admirable game from Kimball Walker. I mean, despite not shooting uh, uh, really well from the three-point line, 26 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. I mean, he's getting into people's shirts these days, creating offense for this team, but there's only so much that one man can do. And he plays 36 minutes in this one. Would have played more had it been closer. Would have played 40 had it been closer.
1: Yeah, they just... I mean, the backup point guard spot for this season, our, for this team, has been an issue all season. You could get by, you could talk yourself into getting by, and we don't need to belabor the point with Sessions, but at, at this. But point, Session,
0: but the the thing is, David. Sorry to interrupt you, and I know some of our fans hate when I do that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to the listeners. I'm sorry to you, David. But I have to say, it doesn't matter, Sessions. If you could put Sessions for Roberts right now, and it would not matter, because the problem is, it's not about Roberts. It's not about Sessions. It's well, about it's the. Well, it's fa- not about them. What's well, no, I mean, but, but no, it, they it,
1: got to be able to run the offense. You have to be able to if you cannot but generate any up, offense. David,
0: David, they, okay. There's yes, they. But you want you want them to be impact players. They were never going to be impact
1: players. No, that, I want them to hold those. I want them to keep the keep the boat afloat. There's I want them no. There's no. Don't make it worse.
0: The problem is, th- they're thin underneath. And, and that those that that depth issue in the front court is killing them. But the other problem is the two wings, Bellinelli and Lamb, are not being impact players either.
1: <laughs> that's fine. You have to be able to bring the ball up. Okay. That's, <laughs> well, that that's, uh, okay. That's, yes, that's, in this that's particular a low game. Bar. You and need to be able to get the ball across half-court and retain possession and preferably give it up to someone else, but at least make the possession happen. And that, it's well, not, in this that's game, not happening. Yes,
0: and this I will give you that. In this game, that did not happen. A lot of that was Tyler Eulis playing, like, Duke defensive basketball. He was, like, two possessions yeah. away from slapping the floor. Well, I, look, de- <laughs> I don't, You don't see that in the NBA. You just don't. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of these guys that says, like, oh, college basketball defense is so much better than the NBA. No, I just understand that these are elite athletes that you're playing against every night, plus it's an 82-game season, so it's impossible to play that intense level of defense. And now, here's here's my whole argument against people who say that they don't play defense in the NBA, but they you know do play defense in college basketball. Go watch what happens when Tyler Eulis does what he does against Brian Roberts, and then he tried to do the exact same thing to Kimba Walker, yeah. <laughs> and Walker blew right by him. He said, Look, well, it makes look, a you,
1: difference. Yeah. yeah, it makes a difference when the people you're guarding can actually shoot and make shots, To make makes your defense look different. Right, so, quicker.
0: It's just quickness. Yeah.
1: Well, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you're, I'm hot. Not you're saying,
0: David. You you are you are red hot today.
1: No, I'm am not saying that having a, a, a an upgraded backup point guard would have changed the entire outlook. I am saying that it would have helped him win a few more games. I think it, it it's not as big a drop off from Kemba to I don't know freaking anyone else on the planet at this point. Um, I mean, Roberts is your third point guard. He was never meant to play these type of minutes, and you know, Sessions was a choice they made. They had to make some of these choices, right? As you listened, but as you listed, but I think there's been opportunities to make that position better, and they haven't taken it. They have to address it in the offseason, season, in my opinion. You can't have you can't have a gigantic drop off. They didn't have one last year when, when Lynn came in. I mean, but they that's have my guys. but that's
0: my point, David. Like uh, Brian Roberts and Sessions, they were n- they were not going. And really, there was no option to replace what Lynn gave you. They were trying to replace it through no. wing play, and the wing play has not come up for them. That's Brian no, Roberts would no not argument. be a big deal it's if, if Lamb hope. could run the oh, offense.
1: I I, well, yeah, Roberts, okay. what? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if someone, if they don't have a facilitator. No kidding.
0: All right. I know. And, and they
1: asked. I mean, but they literally asked. Where Jeremy are you, Dro- to where are you the ball right up. now,
0: David? Drop me a pin. We're we're gonna, we're about to do the show live <laughs> from your car.
1: Well, but that's a good point. Like they do ask uh, Lamb to, to try and bring the ball up at times too. I mean, they're not even asking Roberts to do it the whole time. It's uh, it's it's silly to talk about this point. It's pointless because it's not going to change. Um, I just that's one of the things that stuck in my craw last night. And my crawl is getting tired. Your craw is raw. Yeah.
0: Hey, I uh, got an email here from Jason H. Dog J-Dawg. J-Money saying, gentlemen. I like how he starts this email. Good fellows. Gentlemen. Uh, I am pretty much over watching us play in the fourth quarter. We either turn the ball over or throw up a brick. This has gotten ridiculous. We let a team that won 18 games up to this point close out a game without putting their starters back in. With as bad as the fourth quarter was, again, we did not help ourselves by letting them shoot over 60% for most of the game. Didn't help. (laughs) Didn't help my mood by having to see uh, these uh, four young ladies taking selfies behind coach Earl Watson. Every time they put them on camera, listen, they paid for the seats. Uh, You know, at least they're not heckling. I'll take selfies. I'll take selfies over heckling. Uh, Happy Friday. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Appreciate the, appreciate the email. And you know, Jason's right. Jason makes a great point. You know, you can talk about the bench giving them nothing. You can talk about fatigue. You can talk about road trip, but it it wasn't shot making necessarily that doomed them in the fourth quarter. They just turned the ball over and over and over again. They turned it over, over and over again. I mean, that's just, that's mental. That's focus. That's not necessarily fatigue.
1: Uh,. God, I don't know. No, I guess not. I mean, you know, it's mental fatigue. Sixteen physical turnovers fatigue.
0: total in this game. Aft and, and only eight I say only eighteen. Eighteen is a ton of turnovers for for the Suns. Only <laughs> You had a voicemail there, David. <laughs> I'm it's, just researching other teams to no, watch
1: for, for the rest of the season.
0: Uh it's Brian Roberts. He's very upset right now. I, I, um, I like
1: that's just it, no. It's just it's not his fault. That's that's certainly not anyone's fault on the roster. Okay, the roster. okay,
0: anyway. okay. It's official. Podcasts are where advertisers want to be. More and more people are listening to podcasts every day, and studies show that podcast listeners are some of the most engaged consumers out there. If you have a business or service, consider a sponsorship on Locked On Hornets. Rates are affordable, and you'll be supporting the best Hornets talk anywhere. Send an email to buzzbuzz at lockdownhornets.com for more information. Um, all right, let's talk about what's next. I'm done. I'm done talking about I'm done talking about this game. Um, where's my what's next? Okay, now what? Okay, we've got to find out what's going on with Frank Kaminsky, how how long he will miss. I think that's step one. Step two is the Hornets next game is Saturday. They will be in Denver to take on the Nuggets. That tip set for nine o'clock PM. The Nuggets are playing well out of the break. They've won three of their last four games. Star Center Nikola Jokic will be coming off two straight triple-doubles, David. He has four of them in the month of February. Those are uh, are the only four of his young career. Also, technically three, because I think that last one came in on March 1st. So yeah, three in February, one in March, but those are the only four of his young career. So he is uh, playing confidently right now, needless to say. The Nuggets have two of the best passing big men in the NBA on their team in Jokic, but also in... Back up Mason Plumlee, who they got in a trade with Portland. A lot of size and skill underneath. That will spell trouble for the Hornets, who could not be much thinner in the front court, especially if Frank Kaminsky uh, does have to miss time. And uh, the Nuggets will be coming off of two days rest, whereas the Hornets have played every other day for what seems like the past few weeks. The uh, They're battered, they're bruised, and they've played every other day out on the road. So, other than that, uh, I just want to prepare everyone's hearts and minds for what may happen on Saturday. And who knows, I mean, they may go back and watch that fourth quarter and say that this is unacceptable. We have to play better and, and give us a prize performance or Hey, maybe coach Clifford decides to go with a few new faces. Maybe, maybe we see more Briante Weber. Would you like that?
1: Yes, I would like that. We talked about that a little this week. I mean, and he did get in there at the end of the game would that game make you happy
0: the... david would that put well, a smile on your face
1: that's an interesting question um, it would make <laughs> me it would it would at least make me perk up a little bit and pay attention um, uh, i'm at a loss here Doug. but yeah i think they uh, here's the thing with all these young guys right clifford is not really going to play them like we know that i mean that he that's his way of doing things and the bench is loaded with them right now. So, you know, I mean, if he gives them a shot, it would be nice, but Doug, like, even if he does, these guys are up from the D league, right? I mean, they're there to more or less hold down the end of the bench.
0: Yeah. Emergency.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It's
0: not a, it's not a great strategy normally in the NBA, unless you're the Miami heat to start playing D leaguers willy nilly. But but the question becomes, David, at what point do you look at the record? Do you look at your playoff scenarios? Do you look at the fact that you're having to play Kimball Walker and Marvin Williams and MKG, you know, 35 plus minutes a night and say, okay, maybe it's time to give these guys a shot. And and Chris Kroger from WFNZ, friend of the show, tweeted out that this season is looking like 14-15, which was littered with injuries throughout the season, and it didn't look like the roster was exactly what they wanted it to be, had a few guys underperform. I mean, they brought in Marvin Williams. That was the first Marvin Williams year, I believe. And he was not what they needed. He was very quiet, wasn't the impact player they were looking for when they signed him. And then, of course, he turned it around the next season, last season, and was amazing. But there were things like that that happened that you could tell by the final final quarter of the season that it wasn't going their way. And I feel like it's getting to that point.
1: It's definitely getting to that point. I know it's getting the, getting to that point for those of you out there watching because it's brutal. I mean like uh like uh what's my man's name? Josh? Are um, our emailer? Jason. I forgot. already forgotten. Jason. J Money. JH. Yeah, J Money. Sorry, dude. Um, it, it, you just want to turn the game off as soon as the fourth as soon as that oh, third quarter over. I don't over, want to turn the game off at this point. It's almost <laughs> as if you just want to write your own story and say, well, I did not know. I
0: just want to eat double breakfast. I and also a, <laughs> had an ice cream bar at halftime.
1: I'm not saying I do that. I'm saying I didn't blame anyone. This Basketball is bad for my heart. Jeez.
0: Now, you know, listen, I, I think that, um, I think that all the things that I just said are true. Uh, but, um, yeah. I you think know what I, else is
1: true? Yeah. Doug, there, there, <laughs> there's still three games out of the eight spot. <laughs> It's maddening. I don't know which is worse.
0: Uh, That feels like 14 and 15 as well. It felt like they were never truly out of it until like the last week of the season. So uh, keep it tuned in here, though. We're going to have some fun regardless. Uh, You know, we're we're going to keep you abreast of everything that's happening with this team plus what's going on around the NBA. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. It'll also, it'll cheer David up. It'll, it'll allow him uh, to feel an ounce of happiness in this world. If we get a five-star review, shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts. Be like J dog, be like J money. Uh, Shoot us those questions, thoughts, buzz, buzz at locked Also, if you don't if you don't like pulling up your email app, maybe you just hate your email app, you can go to lockedonhornets.com, there's a contact section you can email us, uh, you can email us through that as well. So, uh, and don't forget to check out our merch page. We've got our Kimba All Star t shirt. Uh, sizes are running thin right now. Uh, a couple of those sizes have dropped down into the single digit. So, you want to make sure this is a limited run, folks. We're not, I'm, I don't think we're going to do this t shirt again. We're going to do another t shirt. So, uh, if you want this particular t shirt, which is uh, Kimba, uh, it says Kimba across the front, but it, it mimics the, uh, what 92 all-star jerseys the ones that were in charlotte
1: right the the jerseys they did a couple years starting about 91 but hey let's let's be honest this was really our goal for the season we did it you guys we did it kimba was an (laughs) (laughs) all-star and we made a t-shirt about it
0: all right i'm gonna we're gonna take the weekend we're gonna take the weekend i'm gonna take david (laughs) out for a drink uh for david i'm (laughs) done Go Hornets. Yeah, let's go. go. It's what? It's only 8.35 in the morning. Uh, Go Hornets. breakfast bars. (laughs) Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6
1: p.m.